the world is more complex than ever. Who can make sense of it? Join Reverend Michael Angley Oguche on NUMA Podcast each week as he shows you how God's Word connects directly to your life in this age and helps you navigate trials and tribulations. If you want to deepen your relationship with God and learn what He has in store for you, listen and subscribe to NUMA Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for NUMA Podcast. Hello and welcome to NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche, bringing your way today the inspired Word of God, and I hope you will be blessed. It's so good to have you join NUMA Podcast today. The key text for this podcast is the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 1 to 11. And that's about it friends. Be glad in God. I don't mind repeating what I have written in earlier letters and I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Better be safe than sorry. Steer clear of the barking dogs, those religious busybodies, all bark and no bite. All they are interested in is appearances of naive, happy circumcisers, I call them. The real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, feeling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it, even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials. You know my pedigree, a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting the church, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. The very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I am tearing up and throwing out with the trash along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life, compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant, dog dung. I have dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff 
so I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was my way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. Brothers and sisters, please join me as I pray and bring this podcast before the Lord today. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I want to thank you today for this privilege to be able to bring your word to the world. And Lord, I ask today that you will express yourself eloquently through the sound of my voice so that as many that will listen to this podcast will be blessed. And Father God, I know that the enemy is moving like a rolling lion, seeking for whom he may devour. And that is why he's attacking the church. He's attacking the very fabric of the church. But today, Lord, I pray that you bring this word to your people so strongly, O God, so that your word will have its root in our lives In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. The title of this podcast is Knowing the Fellowship of Christ's Suffering. Knowing the fellowship of Christ's suffering. The most interesting and important aspect of the Christian faith is fellowship. The word fellowship in itself is defined by the Cambridge Dictionary as a friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests. On this occasion, however, I want to consider what the Apostle Paul said in his letter to the Philippian church, and that is Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. It says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformed to his death. The reason this is important for our work with God is because for most people, being a follower of Jesus Christ is everything but suffering. That is why you hear of all those fancy sugar-coated and tongue-twisting gospels that says, you are suffering because you have sinned. You are in pain because you have sinned. You have cancer because you have done something wrong. You are poor because of such and such. Always trying to explain away why bad things are happening in your life. Some are eager to point out 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. And here is what it says. You know the grace of of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. 
passages such as this is always in danger of being quoted out of context. Because the word rich, like most words or concepts, the word rich is relative in that financial sufficiency in itself, though might count as riches on this side of eternity, it does not count where God is concerned as explicated in the rich fool's narrative of Luke chapter 12, where the farmer who had so much harvest stored up in barns thought he was rich. And of course, his neighbors, his friends thought he was rich, but not so with God who created him. This is what the scripture says concerning temporal wealth. Luke chapter 12 verse 21 of the rich farmer. It says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. So you see, my brothers and my sisters, your present condition is not a definition of who you are in God, as it could be what the famous preacher said in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. Here's what he says. I look throughout the earth and saw that the swiftest person does not always win the race, nor the strongest man the battle, and that wise men are often poor and skillful men are not necessarily famous, but it is all by chance, by happening to be at the right place at the right time. When we answer the call to follow Jesus Christ, it was a call to a deeper fellowship with him, not in some selected areas of life, but in all other areas of human endeavors, including comfort, happiness, pains, and sufferings. The scriptures testify to this. None of the primary disciples of Jesus Christ were exempted from suffering not even the Apostle Paul, and if that is the case, then tell me why your case should be different. Why do you want a tailor-made Christianity? I understand that God wants us to prosper, but we are expected above everything else to prosper in the wealth of the intensity of our fellowship with Jesus Christ. Because this kind of prosperity is what carries values for eternity. And that is why it should be the focal point of our spiritual investment on this side of eternity. The purpose of this message today is not to castigate or interrogate your relationship with the Most High God but to engage and to encourage you to examine the level of the passion of your fellowship with God. Therefore, our key text today, that is Philippians chapter 3 verse 1 to 11, helps us to understand the fundamentals of the processes that would lead us to the kind of fellowship that the Apostle Paul desired which should also be the desire of any God chaser. Serious about eternity. Our text brings to the fore of the worthlessness 
of our material and intellectual achievements when it comes to the things of God and until we arrive at that place where we see those things as inconsequential to eternity we are yet to be ready for a serious relationship with God the apostle Paul learned this truth through his numerous encounters he had with God in the process, he continued to seek to understand those attributes that sets him apart. As we scrutinize the text further, you will find those steps helpful for your own very work with the Lord too. Verse number one of our key scripture today, Paul writes, And that's about it, friends. Be glad in God. I don't mind repeating what I have written in earlier letters, and I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Better be safe than sorry. Here, brothers and sisters, we observed that Paul encourages the Philippians to be glad in their God. But why should they? The Philippian church at that time was struggling with poverty and difficult situations that would naturally condition them not to be joyful. Paul himself was incarcerated, not knowing the outcome of his imprisonment, but he never allowed his mind and confidence in Christ to be imprisoned too. What this tells us is that we must never allow our circumstances to dictate This is NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche. God bless you. Keep listening. Our feelings. Feeling is like a football capable of rolling by the contour of the surface. It is on. It is unlike faith that is anchored on something stable, the word of God. The temptation to question the faithfulness of God abound when we let our joy slip away by the reason of our circumstances. This is why it was important for Paul to reiterate his stance as the scripture said in Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10c. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And not the joy of your present circumstances or the joy of your town, your city, and nation. In order to know and understand the fellowship of the suffering of Jesus Christ deeper, it's important to be on constant guard against anyone that would steal the joy of the Lord from your heart because of your circumstances. These joy thieves are everywhere today. They are subtle in their ways. Furthermore, in verses number 2 to 4, the Apostle Paul continued, Stare clear of the barking dogs, those religious busybodies, all bark and no bite. All they are interested in is appearances of knife-happy circumcisers, I call them. The real believers 
are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. Paul wants the believers of the trademarks of these false teachers whose emphasis were on circumcision and the law rather than on Jesus Christ, whom the new covenant is based. Such groups teaches that unless you are circumcised, you are not saved, which is a complete opposite of what Jesus Christ represents. Today, there are many teachers who have their doctrine fixated on what you can or cannot do based on man-made philosophies that are inconsequential to salvation. Any gospel that draws people's attention away from Christ is no gospel at all, and that is why it was important for Paul to continue to desire and encourage those he calls real believers to seek to know Jesus Christ in a deeper way. Verses number 5 to 6 has this to say. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials. You know my pedigree, a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting the church, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. Here again, friends, this is where the Apostle Paul listed his impressive achievements in life notwithstanding his position at that time. For most people, material achievement is everything. But in this passage, the Apostle Paul categorically downplayed those successes he had had. He met all the requirements to be boastful, but no, he will not, because he wanted to know Christ through and through. Therefore, if there is anyone who was going to be accepted by God, and indeed in the eyes of the people, it would be Paul. He was of a noble birth, was circumcised on day eight, according to the Jewish tradition, kept the law to the letter, studied under Gamaliel, a professor, was an indefatigable Pharisee, and above all, a defender of the Jewish faith, who greatly persecuted the church. He made it his singular mission to destroy the church and all those who were proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah and yet chose to follow the path of righteousness which only comes from knowing Jesus Christ as soon as he met the Lord. And you find all of this in the book of Acts chapter 8. My dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, a closer study of this passage did not say that being born noble, circumcised, highly educated, influential, motivated, and zealous are necessarily bad. But he tells the Philippians that thinking that through all of those compliances and successes will not produce what is truly needed to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. 
However, knowing him, not just the power of his resurrection, but having a deeper and active fellowship with him will achieve the type of righteousness needed. This is in line with Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, which says that unless you do far better than the Pharisees in the matters of right living, you won't know the first thing about entering the kingdom. Let's move on to verses number 79. Here's what it says. The very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I am tearing up and throwing out with the trash along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant dog dung. I have dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. My friends, I am one of those few individuals that have not achieved anything meaningful in this world, except for accepting Jesus Christ. Growing up and up until now, I have never received any accolade to be proud of. So, I might not understand exactly how difficult it is to let those precious insignias of achievement go. However, life experience have taught me that what you hold there and precious is not very easy to let go. In any case, some of you listening to me today may know the joy of winning and achieving as well as the difficulty in letting go. And as a result, I think, therefore, that you will be able to relate with the Apostle Paul on this. What Apostle Paul was insinuating here is this. Once he met Christ, he saw all of this medallion as nothing to be compared to the righteousness that comes only through Jesus Christ. Hence, they were suitable only for the charity shops or the dumping ground. For some people, even things as trivial as dressings and properties are a source of pride to them and as such has the propensity to derail them from the righteousness of God in Christ. 1 John renders it succinctly and you find this in 1 John chapter 2 verse 15 to 17. Here is what it says. Don't love the world's way. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wantings 
wantings, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Wow. The final part of our key text, which is the context to which this message is based, that is verses number 10 to 11, says this, I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. These verses appear to sum up for us the whole essence of having faith in Jesus Christ. That is to experience not only the wonderful demonstration of God's power that we all admire, but also the fellowship of the suffering that Jesus Christ went through. It is only in understanding these dynamics that we can truly say that we know him. The Apostle Paul said, as rendered by the Message Bible translation, he wants to be a partner in his suffering and go all the way with him to death itself. My dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, to be able to do this, we should be prepared to relinquish those things that are capable of hindering us, those material accolades that gives us joy and embrace the finished work of Calvary. Only then can we know the genuine fellowship of Jesus' suffering. And with these friends, I will say, may the Lord continue to bless you and strengthen you in all that you do. Please join me as we pray again. Rock of all ages, we thank you once more for this time like this with my brothers and my sisters all over the world. I pray God that this word that have come will touch each and every one of my brothers to the point that they will come to seek, to desire, to know you more and the fellowship of your suffering. That they will be able to rejoice even in trials, even in troubled circumstances. Lord Almighty, I know that in all of these, Father, your Holy Spirit is there with us. And I want to thank you especially for the power of the cross of Calvary that takes away the sins of the world. Thank you, King of glory. Because, Lord, I know that as always, you have answered this prayer. In Jesus' name, we
you for listening to the NUMA podcast. This has been the Reverend Michael Angeli Oguche. I pray that God will richly bless you until I come your way again.